Welcome to the Business Developers Network, where today's leading business developers share and learn innovative business development concepts to generate greater value for their businesses. Hosted by Artie Ruderman, Principal of Innovative Growth Solutions. Broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. And now please welcome your host of the Business Developers Network, Artie Ruderman. What does it take to succeed in law? If your ambition is to become an attorney, what path should you follow? Our guest and my friend, Jake Evans, will share his journey from law school to rising within the ranks of law firms in seven short years to become a senior associate at Holland and Knight, a global law firm with more than 1,300 attorneys. Becoming a lawyer takes hard work. Becoming a successful lawyer is even more challenging. Law is a business. What most people do not realize is that for most attorneys, they are an independent business. And that is true whether they are sole practitioners, work in small firms. Your value is to the firm is relative to the revenue generate for the firm, especially if you're working in large firms. So what does it take to succeed in law? If your ambition is to become an attorney, what path should you follow? Jake Evans will share his journey from law school to rising within the ranks of law firms in seven short years to become a senior associate at Holland and Knight, a global law firm with more than 1,300 attorneys. Welcome, Jake, to Business Developers Network, broadcasting from Pro Business Channel Studios in Buckhead, Atlanta. Thank you, Artie. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's good to see you as always. <laughs> Well, let me provide a brief bio for you so our listeners will get to know you. Uh, I checked out your LinkedIn profile, and I saw that you graduated with honors from University of Georgia undergrad and law school. You have worked for three different law firms before becoming a senior associate at Holland and Knight, which is part of the journey that we will learn about. Um, a senior associate at Holland and Knight representing individuals and corporate entities and matters involving complex litigation, government relations at local, state, and national level, and general business law advice and counsel. You have significant experience representing emerging and early stage companies where you balance providing sufficient legal protection with ensuring adequate resources available to push the company's product to market. You also are a rising star in Georgia's government and legal communities. You are the elected chair of Georgia Government Transparency and Campaign Finance, and in our chat earlier, I heard you're even more which we could cover. And you also find the time to give back. You're a volunteer for the Executive Committee of Leukemia and Lymphoma Society and Georgia's Indigenous Representation Task Force. Jake, please add to that. Uh, no, you did a great job, I, I'll tell you. Uh, don't, don't be shy. I, uh, was pr I was pretty amazed I left so much out. I, that, well, I, I've worked very hard, and I've been fortunate to have a lot of great opportunities, but I, you did a great job with that introduction. <laughs> All right, then. All right, before we follow your career path, tell us a little bit about Holland and Knight. Sure. Uh, so Holland and Knight is uh, an AmLaw 50 law firm. It's one of the 50 largest law firms in the world, uh, both revenue per lawyer and top-line revenue number. Uh, it's close to a billion dollars in annual revenue. Um, it, it is 
they, we have over 28 offices and we have over 1,300 lawyers uh, ac- across the globe. Um, but what makes Holland and Knight most special is the, the quality of the attorneys. Uh, the quality of, of the lawyers at law firm at Holland and Knight really is bar none. I mean, any time I bring in a new matter, and I, and I have many matters from international trade issues to IP issues, from copyright to patent, uh, the quality of the representation at the firm is exceptional. Um, and I say that without reservation. Um, but I, I, I've, I joined Holland Knight back in October, uh, and it's been a great transition for me, and I've been very thankful to be a part of the firm. You know, uh, thank you for for that explanation. And we will go into that transition that you were talking about, because really what we're talking about is following your career path, uh, more or less as an example for anyone who is starting out, is already involved, and wants to move on or or move up or move up on their own. I think you could give advice. And what I like about you, Jake, is you are in the thick of it now. I'm not talking to somebody who's 30, 40 years out and talking about well, maybe they can't relate to the changes that have happened in, in law and what's happening now. So it's very useful insight that I think you're going to provide for us. So let's, let's start talking about – well, I, I, let me back up a little bit. Graduating from law school, which was around 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay, so did you have an idea at that time what, what you wanted to practice, mm-hmm. what, what you were interested in? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and I graduated – um, the, the legal market took a real hit in 2007, 2008 after the recession. Uh, and I graduated, you're right, t- 2012. And at that point, the market hadn't fully recovered. Um, law firms, particularly big firms, were very hesitant to hire because they had to lay, lay off a lot of people back in 2007, 2008. So the hiring market was very tight. Uh, there had also been a saturation of lawyers um, and individuals going to law school. And the reason why that was was a lot of people graduated from undergrad 2007, 2008. There weren't a lot of jobs. So what people thought was, gee, I, I'll go to graduate school. There's nothing better to go to than law school. So there was an influx of individuals going to law school, creating a higher number of graduates and a reduction in the number of legal jobs. So that created a very, very tight and difficult market. Uh, But when I graduated, I thought that my skill set would bode most well for litigation, Um, you know, being talking on my feet, uh, generating overall strategy. And so when I first started, I, I, I cut my teeth just being a pure litigator. Now, as my practice has evolved, I still litigate, and I would say litigation is probably you know, 50 to 60% of my work, but it's not the exclusive amount of my work. But for, for any young lawyer, um, I think you, know, you need to think about where am I most comfortable and you also need to, you, as Jim Collins said, who wrote the book Good to Great, face the big hairy facts. What, what, where are you exceptional? What, what distinguishes you from other people? Because there's some lawyers that are really good on their feet, and they're very good oral communicators. There's other lawyers that aren't. Uh, but they may be good writers. They ha- may have phenomenal attention to detail. And you really have to just engage in introspection and think, what am I good at? What am I not good at? Because where you're going to make your most money in law 
is where you have skills that other people don't have because clients will find out and they will see it and if you refine and sharpen those skills you will hit a level of exceptionalism and so i think early in your career go ahead and start thinking about that um you're going to evolve through your law practice you know you're not going to sit at one you're not going to do one practice area your whole career almost nobody does it Uh, but but early i I thought litigation was going to be an area i still do that um, and I enjoy it, but I think that, you know, for any young law student, think about what distinguishes you uh, and also think about the reality that you're going to evolve over the course of your career. Well, starting out with litigation, you're going, I mean, right off the bat, you went into litigation and you actually went into court? Uh, there was some. I mean, it's a, early on for, you know, more junior attorneys, you're not going. You're not litigating the big cases in court. I mean, you're doing discovery. Uh, you're doing depositions. You're doing brief drafting. Sure. Sure. Uh, but it, but I, I did have some opportunities. Um, and then as I've, you know, become more seasoned, uh, now I first chair my own cases. I mean, I, I've recently had two trials where it was an election contest case uh, where I represented a, rep- a state house representative, and we won both cases after uh, full bench trials. And I was actually the first, I am the first Georgia, uh, the only and first lawyer in Georgia history to successfully contest two elections for the same candidate. And they were overturned. In other words, they, they were had overturned. To, had to have new elections. That's right. That's right. So it's uh, that that was big league moments. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's smile it, came across his face. That's that. right. That's right. <laughs> you know. But one of my favorite quotes is, uh, "Luck is when preparation meets opportunity," and it is just so so true because if throughout your life you're constantly trying to improve improve your skill sets, become better at what you do, eventually there will be an opportunity. I mean, the door is going to open, and the question is going to be, are you ready for that opportunity? Because um, it will show. If you're ready, you're going to perform, you're going to succeed, and then that's going to create more opportunities. But life, to me, is always about being ready for the opportunities because they're eventually going to come. Well, this is the Business Developers Network, which really means any activity that generates value. So when you were talking about know who you are and work on your strength, I call that ABC. Not not business development sales always be closing. I'm talking about know if, A, you're an administrator, and Lord knows we need good administrators. Or B, if you're a good business person, if you have a good mindset for strategy, where you need to go. And C, I actually call innovation, creative, mm-hmm. right? So it, it, you could have a little bit of all three or generate on one, but focus on your strength. Would you recommend that? Or, or would you say you need to be open and branch out? I guess it makes sense to branch out, just like you're saying on skill set. Yeah. Well, I, I, again... I. I think everyone, um, and I mentioned this earlier, but I had a high school coach who talked about speed. And what my high school coach always said is, everyone's born with a certain aptitude or level of speed. You can, but to a degree, you can improve it, and you can worsen it. If you eat Cheetos every day, you're going to get a little slower. But um, I think that business development skills are the same way. We all, everyone can improve any skill set that we have. But we all have natural preferences. Some people 
prefer uh, to be alone and they prefer to uh, focus on detail and, and very large projects. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. I, I think one of the problems in America is we glamorize extroverts. And I think that's a true fact. Um, I think introverts can get a lot more stuff done. They can do it at a high, higher level and they can be more consistent. Uh, but extroversion is going to be more beneficial in some ways to developing business. So my advice to everyone would be, um, and Artie and I talked about this earlier offline, but is be authentic. Your business development strategy needs to be authentic to who you are. It needs to be um, what can I come off as and be the most genuine person that I am? Because at the end of the day, clients are very smart people. And I, I think too many, you know, not just within the legal field, but outside the legal field, too many salespeople think that they're going to outsmart clients and clients aren't going to see the truth. That's just not going to happen. Uh, clients are going to see through it. They're going to feel, they feel, uh, if you look at most of the literature, people make decisions based upon uh, emotion and they justify them based upon logic. And so if they feel that it's right, if they feel a true connection with you, if they feel that you really know what you're talking about, they will then justify hiring you based upon whatever logic or rationale that they can because it feels like it's the right decision. Well, I'm full of acronyms today. <laughs> and really what, what you're talking about is a business development process. Sure. And it, and it relates to any industry. It could be manufacturing, could be real estate, could be law. And again, I'm going to go back to ABC, not always be closing. I'm going to say ABV which is always be value. So if you have that certain skill set, then that attracts people to you. Yeah. Well, I, well the, the value that I aim to provide all clients is um, being a high-level problem solver. Clients come to lawyers with a problem, and they expect lawyers to solve the problem. As my practice has evolved, I've had clients come to me with all sorts of problems. Hey, I'm being investigated by the attorney general's office. Hey, this person stole $500,000 from me. Um, hey, I want to close this transaction. And at the end of the day, I view that problem as a personal problem that I'm going to try to solve. And what separates good lawyers from great lawyers, in my opinion, is great lawyers see things other lawyers don't see. They see a way to solve a problem that no one else can solve. And so when clients come to me, I think about how can we solve this problem? And a lot of times you have to be very creative. ABC. Yep. There you go. You have to be very creative. You have to see something that no one else sees, apply pressure in an area that no one else thinks. Because even within the confines of litigation, it's not a, I'm going to sue you, we're going to serve discovery, depositions, file motions. There's a lot of ancillary ways to win. Apply pressure through the media apply pressure through other avenues. But the bottom line is I, I'm an individual that's very focused on winning. I mean, you know, I think it, it's some, with some people winning is stigmatized in America, but the reality is, it, it particularly at big firms where we have higher rates than most, clients come to us and they expect us to win. Otherwise, they can hire a, a cheaper and smaller law firm down the street. And so I pride myself on providing value through winning for my clients uh, and solving whatever problem they have at a very high level. 
And that's ABV. Always be value. That's right. That's right. I like that. <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to go back to your, your um, athletic um, analogy. And um, I'm going to say this and build upon what you're saying is you need to improve yourself. Because in basketball, a coach would say you can't coach tall. Mm-hmm. But just because you're tall does not make you a good basketball right. player. You need to hone those skills. Mm-hmm. And God bless your natural talent as well. That's right. So uh, what moved you to Holland Knight? And I'm asking this specifically in, and in a general sense, if, if you will, if somebody's in a law firm and they're thinking about moving on, but the reality is we all get comfortable. We all get comfortable in a comfortable rut, if you will. Mm-hmm. So what what makes someone want to move on? What should they be looking for? Yeah. Yeah, well, well, first to address the uh, that there's I think that's a great question with it has two points. The first is the comfortable rut point. Um it they recently asked some the uh Fortune 100 CEOs, what is the most important characteristic for success? And the most important characteristic for success is being comfortable being uncomfortable. And the reason why I think that's so important is if you're uncomfortable, that means you're growing. That means you're breaching comfort zones. You're doing things you otherwise wouldn't do, which means you're improving your skill sets. If you ever reach a point in in your life or career where you're fully comfortable, you're no longer stressed, you're no longer growing. And if you're no longer growing, that's a big problem for professional development. Uh, And so... I wasn't in that context. That's not the reason why I left Thompson Hine, but I do see in a lot of careers where people just get comfortable. They're not pushing themselves. They're missing that. They're missing that fulfillment, that meaning. And if you ever reach that point, that's a time you should consider making a move because maybe you need a new life challenge, or, or maybe you need something to push you to the limit to learn new skill sets. Um, with my context, I was very happy at, at Thompson Hine. It's a great law firm. It's based out of Cleveland. Uh, it's primarily an East Coast law firm. And I had thought, you know, as my practice continued to grow and evolve, that I would long-term need a bigger platform. And so I'd considered making a move, but I was happy at Thompson Hine. I liked the people there. Um, and unexpectedly and unfortunately, my mentor at Thompson Hine passed away. Uh, and, it, and, you know, I'm on the brink of being considered enough for partnership and i thought if there's any time for me to make a move it's now or consider making a move it's now and i talked to a couple different law firms and um i was very blessed they were very interested and and recruited me heavily um and i ultimately picked holland and nike because they've, they've got a large platform they've got a large presence here in atlanta um, they've got a good government team, which is an area of my practice that I'm continuing to grow and develop. Uh, and so I've been over there for about seven months now, and it's been a good move. I'm very, very thankful to be there. Very good. But uh, in a general sense, if, if I'm in a law firm, what should I be looking for in another law firm, whether it be large or not? W- w- am I looking for my niche? Am I looking for my need? Am I looking for culture or all of the above? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. I, I think first, and it's one of the points you hit on earlier, Artie, which is a, a great point, and I think not a lot of people understand in the practice of law, is lawyers, even if you're at a firm, even a big firm, at the end of the day, you're your own person, you're your own brand, you're your own revenue generator. 
um, at least if you want to make equity partner. Right? If you want to be a service partner, it's very different. But if you want to be a business generator, you always have to view yourself as an independent law firm in a way. And so, first of all, if your law firm is financially struggling, that's always going to be an issue. Second of all, you want a law firm which has um, the complements which will enable you to grow your practice. And so you have to look frankly at what are going to be my areas of growth. There's some lawyers that are, are very specialized, and all they do is either patents, international trade, whatever it is, and that's going to be their bread and butter. Um, you need to be a law firm that has the resources to complement that. Do they have the expertise? Do they have the regulatory areas? Or if you're an M&A lawyer, you're going to need a lot of different tools. For me, I knew um, I'm going to be a business generator. I mean, I, I Frank, just looking at my skill sets, that's what I'm good at meeting people. People like hiring me. Um, at a very early age, I was showed an aptitude to generate work. And I knew that if I'm going to be a business generator, I need a large firm that's going to have the resources across the world to offer um, the services that clients are going to want to hire me to, to have. And so I, I knew that, you know, not just Thompson Hine, but being at any smaller firm, and I was already running into it there, there was going to be a limiting component. And, for example, I just got hired on a patent infringement case which is filed in Portland. Um, Thompson Hine didn't have a Portland office. There's no way we could have serviced that client. Holland and Knight does. They they ended up hiring us. So it, you know that that's a perfect example of how um, you have to think through. Does the law firm have the capability to complement your practice and enable you to serve clients at a high level? Well, we're going to drill down on your ability to attract business and how you do it and and how you do it is through networking which such is such an important component and going back to uh, this is a joke i made offline so it's not going to get the same laugh but you have that outgoing personality and dna which is really not really part of being a professional person, whether you're an accountant or a doctor or attorney. And, and just for those who are listening to get the laugh is, how do you know an outgoing attorney? And that is, when he's talking to you, he looks at your shoes instead of his own. That's right. Boom. <laughs> but networking is very important, and you don't have to be the life of the party. And we're going to drill down on what you do, what activities that you do that others could do without being that outgoing personality. But I'm going to go back to something that you said earlier, because I'm just full of those acronyms and analogies, and you were mentioning about extend yourself and keep growing, and if you're comfortable, you shouldn't be. Richard Petty said, if you're comfortable, if you're in control, you're not moving fast enough. I like that. That's a great quote. <laughs> I might have to borrow that one from you. I'll give you the trademark. You can borrow it from Richard. <laughs> but let, let's talk about you know networking. And by the way, we're in Atlanta, which is the home of Bob Littell, who's the author of Net Weaving, the whole concept of net weaving, which is that applying the process of pay it forward to business, which you do in, in many different ways, and you do it naturally. Many of us all do it, but we didn't know there was a, a name for it. But you attend different mixers. As a matter of fact, you and I met at a Buckhead Business Association. So you also get involved in 
politics. You also get involved in, in charities and, and giving back. So let's talk about that and how, in, in a very real sense, it's in a net weaving. You don't really do it with the sense of, oh, I'm going to look for business from this particular group. You believe that by giving, somehow it just floats and you will get. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's exactly right, and it's very well said. Um, it's never, again, you go back to being authentic, being genuine. If you enter a networking environment and it's blatantly obvious you're just there to try to get business, you're not going to get business because clients are smart. And you can, what, there's a good book. It's called Mindset. And the, the book Mindset, it's a psychologist, and she evaluates what – characteristics make successful people successful and she boils the whole book down to one fact and she says it's either that you have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset people with a growth mindset have significantly higher success rates and what a growth and people that have then people that have a fixed mindset now people that have a fixed mindset they believe I am where my, I am. My skill sets are stagnant at, th- at this point, and there's nothing I can do to fix them. People that have a growth mindset believe I can improve my skill set with hard work and strenuous cultivation. Now, what's so important about those two mindsets is what they create is a whole different concept of work. Because if you have a fixed mindset, you view work as, oh, this is something I just have to do. I don't want to do it. And I'm just trying to get whatever the end result is. Well, if you do that, you cheat yourself. Because the reality is the work and the process of getting there make you better, which increases the likelihood of results. And so if you have a a growth mindset, which I always try to focus on as much as I possibly can, Work itself, the process itself, is the re- reward. That is the, that is the work. Because what happens is, as you do it more and more frequently, the better you get at it. Well, the same concept applies for networking. You have to learn to enjoy the process of networking. And what the process of networking is, at the end of the day, is building relationships. And if you go to any networking event and your goal is to simply connect with another human being and build a meaningful relationship with that human being, the results will be profound. Because what happens is people want to hire individuals they like. They want to give referrals to individuals they like. And, if, and they are going to genuinely like someone who seems to have a real sincere interest in them. But for lawyers... Um, time is is our commodity. And so, you know, just viewing this practically, you, you we only have so much time. And so what you have to do is you have to find the networking events which are going to provide the most value. But in order to find those networking events, you actually have to go to them. And you, there are going to be networking events you go to where you don't know one person. And that goes back to what we talked about earlier, breaching comfort zones. There's no one, me included, that feels 100% comfortable in a room where I don't know one person. I mean, that's simply natural. But the more that you do it, the the more frequently you just go up, put your hand out, smile, and say, hi, my name is so-and-so, the quicker you learn, humans are innately kind. And there's been very few events where I've ever smiled, put my hand out, and said, hey, good to meet you, where someone hasn't been nice in return. Uh, 
there are some who, uh, you know, fear that as much as they fear public speaking. It's just natural and innate. But there are many different ways to get involved. You could join Habit... Habitat for Humanity. Thank you, Habitat yeah. for Humanity, and start working. And, and actually, you're not outgoing, but you're meeting people, and you're talking to people. So that's the key, really, is just like what you said. You, you, you can't win unless you play, get join the game, that's right? right? That's exactly right. And, and I want to address something else about that comfort zone and something that I mentioned about ABC, admin, business, creative, right? I think you need to be, a, a, I'm answering my own question from before. I think you definitely need to have a little bit of both. And the prime example I'm going to give is the Patriots Georgia came, which, mm -hmm. right, the Atlanta Falcons came. Yeah. You know, down, you know, they were down like 28 to 3 in late third quarter. They came out with the same team. Mm hmm. And what changed? Yeah. What changed is Belichick had a new plan. Mm -hmm. He was in the now. And that, I think, is very important for whether you're in a law firm or whether you're in any business, is knowing where you're at and reacting to where you are now. Mm -hmm. Right? No, I think that's right. And one of, you know, I tell people, and I've been fortunate to give a lot of talks at law schools, and, and I give people a couple different uh Three points on success. First is there's no exception for hard work. I mean, hard work and discipline is, is indispensable to success. The second one, which is what I think you just had, what you just articulated, which is you have to have purposeful and strenuous focus on improvement. And the, with that, throughout my life, I constantly, relentlessly, am evaluating life circumstances and evaluating what enables people to succeed and enabling uh, what, what enables people to reach the next level. And you have to be so purposeful in doing that because over time, the improvement in the status that you reach will, will just, it, and, and it accelerates. I mean, it, you know, I could go on for a long time. I know you probably have some other questions, but um, a great book is good to great. And he, he analogizes success to a flywheel. And a flywheel is a big wheel. Think about one on a, meal, a mill. And it's very, very hard to turn at first. But once it starts turning, it gains momentum. And it increases at an exponential rate. Well, a career is the same way. You just have to take the initial steps to start turning it. Our producer, Richard Casanova, just put up a uh, two-minute warning about a minute ago, and I have about ten more questions to get in. So I'm going to give them to you rapid fire. Okay. You can just take care of them. All right? So yeah. let's, let's jump in. What's the trend in, in the market for law firms now? Just like accounting firms became more than just reporting. They became consulting companies. They realize you can't just say what happened. You have to help make what happens. Yeah. So uh, what is happening in law school? I'm going to continue, and you can answer any one of those. <laughs> and, and what advice would you give out to attorneys uh, in law school today or, or law students today uh, of how to get involved in, in the law firms today? Uh, so take it from there because okay. we only have a minute. Okay. Um, well, the trend with law firms answering that quickly is for a while there was a strong trend towards alternative fee arrangements, uh, flat fees, and what really happened was um, I think companies realize when you do that, you cheat yourself in a way because mm. the, the best law firms with the best lawyers um, 
are, are going to be in high demand. And if you're in high demand, you don't want an alternative fee arrangement which cuts corners. So what you'll do is you'll staff it in a way where the best lawyers aren't on the matters. You won't allocate your most attention to the matters because they're paying lower rates. And I think what happened is, at least at the big firms, companies realize we're not getting the, the representation we want, and they went back to hourly. Um, so it's there's a trend now kind of going back to hourly. My, my advice to you know young lawyers is a lot of what I said earlier. I mean, the first is you don't end where you start. And you know, I started at a good law firm. It was it wasn't as big as Holland and I, but it was a very good firm. But I'm now at one of the best law firms in the world. And so, and I and I talk to law students all the time, and I tell them you know they'll be discouraged. But you don't end where you start. But that doesn't mean that. You're not to get to the top does not take a lot of hard work. It takes hard work. It takes courage. It takes some talent. I mean, you you have to be good, but talent is malleable. I mean, again, I go back to speed. Everyone, I will, I'll never be LeBron James. Doesn't matter how hard I work. <laughs> not going to happen. Um, you can't coach tall. That's right. <laughs> but you, through hard work, you really, really can get better. And and I even. I, I compare where I am today to where I was 10 years ago. I mean, uh, I'm more proficient, more articulate, better writer, all of that. And I'm the same person. It's just time, hard work, cultivation. So you have to be focused on willing to do that, your willingness to do that. Excellent. One minute left. <laughs> One minute warning. What, what uh, perhaps you would like to talk about that we haven't covered? You know, I, th- I think that's that's it. I mean, I, I appreciate the opportunity to come on. I think this stuff is important. Um, I want to it, it share you know my wisdom, having lived and and on anyone to help them to reach their true potential. Uh, the practice of law is stressful, and winning is stressful. And I, I think. You know, in America, we really do glamorize success and we glamorize the superstars and and there's supreme irony in the superstars because what happens is once you reach it to the top, once you make it to the top, everyone assumes, oh, this person was destined to get to the top. They were always this good. They were born with all these talents and advantages. And it's just not true. I mean, you look at Tiger Woods recently winning the Masters. It takes a lot of hard work courage, sacrifice, stress, um, but all of those moments eventually pay off, in my opinion. And I go back to luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Every day you should be preparing for that opportunity because the opportunity is going to come. The question is whether or not you're prepared for it. But thank you for, for the opportunity to be here. Well, to sum that up, that's what keeps me in business as a business developer, and that is the more successful a company becomes, the more issues they that's have. That's right. That's exactly right. That's right. So how would a listener get in touch with you and Holland and Knight? Sure. Uh, so I, as um, already mentioned, I'm at Holland and Knight. I, I have three big areas. First, business litigation. Uh, second, as I said, is outside counsel to a lot of small to mid-sized companies, and I counsel on many things from non-compete. I'm putting my finger up because that's another way that you generate relationships. <laughs> yep. Uh, and so I counsel them on anything from non-compete to IP issues, and then I have a lot of matters in the government space, investigations, regulatory issues. Uh, but my email is jake, J-A-K-E dot Evans, E-V-A-N-S, at hklaw.com. Uh, my number is 404-817-8438. And I tell people, just Google me. You'll, you'll find my profile and all my contact information will be there. 
Jake, we could have gone on another hour easily. Thank you for being on Business Developers Network on Pro Business Channel. So this is Artie Ruderman signing off, and remember to keep developing your business. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel Networks, we want to thank our guests, sponsors, and you, the audience, for joining us on the Business Developers Network. This episode made possible in part by Innovative Growth Solutions. For more info, visit igscorp.net. Today's broadcast can be heard on demand on your favorite internet channels, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, and across the PBC syndicated networks. We invite you to share the show using the posted social media links and join Artie Ruderman and his guests on the next episode of the Business Developers Network.